I'm Peyton, and this is The Rhizomatic Reader, a podcast designed to bring people and books into conversation across space and time. Multiple greetings, friends. Welcome to The Rhizomatic Reader, a podcast designed to bring people and books into conversation across space and time. You can call me Peyton. You may think of me as the host of this podcast, but really I'm a guide, an organizer, a catalyst. More on this in a few minutes. This podcast has been a long time coming, a dream I've had for many years, and in this pilot episode I want to help orient and disorient you a bit, helping you understand a little about me and the ideas driving this podcast. I want to invite you to be part of this community, which I hope will flourish and bring together readers from across the world but that will also help us begin thinking of ourselves as a learning community across space and time. While connecting human readers together is an important aim of this podcast, and I certainly hope that listeners and guests will be exposed to a wide range of people with ranges of life experiences and reading interests, I also hope the podcast will serve to bring books and ideas into conversation in new ways. There's a vision of how this will occur, which I will explain, but really precisely what or how this happens will be an emergent process. Let's be open to what will become of this podcast and community together. So first, a little about me. Most people call me Peyton, a combination of the first letter of my first name and my last name. I use he, him, his pronouns and I currently reside in Houston, Texas, in the United States. I grew up in the suburbs of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in the United States, and my geographic journey to the southern United States is actually quite important to the story of this podcast. Growing up, I became enamored of reading at an early age. School programs like Book It really inspired me to take up reading because it always felt like something I could do successfully. I was not a particularly athletic child, but I was imaginative, creative, and curious. Reading books seemed to help provide a form of escape for the mundane of everyday life, particularly in summer. But they also provided an avenue to understanding the world in all its complexity. One of my fondest memories of elementary school is fifth grade, when our teacher read to us To Kill a Mockingbird. He talked about the book, about race and injustice, about the segregated South. I wanted to learn more about those worlds, and books became a way to understand the scope of human experience. In high school, I remember growing quite enamored of books and stories in new, profound ways. For some reason, I have vivid memories of freshman high school English, where our teacher had us read stories like The Cask of Amontillado, by Edgar Allan Poe, and The Most Dangerous Game by Richard Connell. Rather gruesome stories when I think about them now. But it was sophomore year in high school when I was assigned to Kathy Morix's English class that my whole attitude toward reading changed. Mrs. Morix had a way of bringing books to life, and by senior year she was teaching us in world literatures, helping us prepare for the AP English exam. Gilgamesh, Beowulf, Odysseus, I knew that literature was in my future. 
I decided to go to college out of state, selecting the University of Minnesota Twin Cities as my undergraduate institution. I am a first-generation college student by most definitions. My older siblings did not have the opportunity to go to college, but I always knew college was where I belonged. I became a double major in English and history with aspirations of becoming a high school teacher. My undergraduate years at the University of Minnesota will always be the most formative of my life. It was where I came out as a gay man and where I became exposed to so many books, authors, and perspectives that formed me into the reader and thinker I am today. Minnesota was where I learned to write and to connect books and ideas from across space and time. Minneapolis is a literary and cultural mecca in many ways. It's cold, so we spent a lot of time reading. Here, I learned to appreciate lawn days under blankets with coffee and tea, reading books. Coffee shops where people would do readings and open mic nights. Independent bookstores and used bookstores with their wealth of possibilities. And it was here that my reading habits expanded in unimaginable ways. My very first English class, my first autumn term, introduced me to Barbara Kingsolver and Amy Tan. Over my four years, I took every course offered on Shakespeare. Survey courses, of course, were standard, informative, and life-changing. But so, too, were the courses I took on African-American women writers where I met Maya Angelou, Alice Walker, and Patricia Hill Collins, or a course on writers and thinkers of the civil rights era, where I dialogued for the first time with Malcolm X, Bayard Rustin, Martin Luther King. Courses like Literacy and American Cultural Diversity, where I met Gloria Anzaldúa, Franz Kafka, and where I expanded my understanding of literacy to include dance, movement, public art, sculpture, And I vividly remember a seminar I took called Reading to Write, which is where I really began grappling with thinking critically about texts, actually writing about larger questions, grappling with difficult complexities of the reading and writing life. This, of course, introduced me to writers like Isabel Allende and Robertson Davies. By the end of my undergraduate studies, I knew I did not want to be an English teacher, I faced a crisis of sorts between wanting to work with college students in co-curricular arenas of the university, as I'd been a highly involved student, or pursuing a more traditional academic route. Many people might not know that I applied to PhD programs in American studies and was accepted to pursue such studies at the University of Minnesota, but ultimately decided to pursue a degree in counseling and student personnel services at the University of Maryland College Park. That decision led me to some incredible journeys, working with people and initiatives on college campuses that changed my belief in the goodness of people and the power of education. I have worked at the University of North Texas, the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, Louisiana State University, and now as a college professor at Sam Houston State University in Texas. My day job is as assistant professor of educational leadership. I teach courses in diversity and cultural issues in higher education, curriculum issues in higher education, 
educational research and inquiry, and college student development. But despite my day job, I have never lost my love for literature, history, and ideas. When I left Minneapolis, I never quite found a literary community in any other city I moved to, and I desperately longed for it. Somehow, the universe brought me to Houston, Texas, which to my surprise is a literary gem of the South. Here I have found a reading community beyond anything I could have imagined. Organizations like Imprint Houston host book readings, book clubs, and writing workshops. Our independent bookstore, Brazos Bookstore, hosts more events than it is possible to attend, and a fabulous monthly book club. And through these venues, I've met an incredible array of people, which has led to the formation of a short story club I participate in, and invitations to other groups around Houston, the Houston Afrofuturism Book Club, the Project Row Houses Toni Morrison Book Club, and the Booker Prize Book Group, to name a few. Over the past few years, I've been listening to a smattering of book podcasts, reading book blogs, and literary digests or magazines. Each of these has their own flavor, style, tone, and focus. Some really attempt to highlight the newest writing in books. Some look at specific authors or genres of writing. Some feature writers talking about reading. So you might be wondering why I feel compelled to start this podcast, with so much already available to listeners. What will be different about this podcast experience? While I cannot make any promises, I can tell you a bit about how the Rhizomatic Reader might work. This podcast is really a long-term inquiry, a form of study. It germinates from my interest in reading, literature, history, philosophy, and ideas. But it also centers on a set of questions I have been pondering for some time. These questions are, what are people's reading stories? What do people actually read? How are readers connected across space and time? And how do books talk to each other? Remember that I am a researcher by occupation, and my educational background and journey, along with my day job, has tuned me into something that is referred to as the rhizomatic. A rhizome is a root system. These root systems grow horizontally underground, sometimes covering large areas, coming into contact with other root systems, and occasionally shooting up a plant or stalk above the ground. I first came across the idea of the rhizome during my doctoral studies, specifically in a book called A Thousand Plateaus by Deleuze and Guattari. Here is how they describe a rhizome. Quote, Unlike trees or their roots, the rhizome connects any point to any other point. It has neither beginning nor end, but always a middle. The rhizome operates by variation, expansion, conquest, capture, offshoots. What is at question in the rhizome is a relation. End quote. I became enamored of rhizomes as a way of thinking, because it allows one to begin connecting ideas and people together. 
Rhizomes are relational and antidisciplinary. Once you learn of rhizomes, there's a form of freedom that emerges. Deleuze and Guattari call this becoming. You can start asking, how does this person relate to that person? How does this idea inform another idea? How does this book talk to that book? Put differently, I have always intuited that everything, everyone, every organic and inorganic entity is actually connected in some way. The rhizome gives us language and evidence that this is the case. I use the idea of the rhizome quite frequently in my teaching. I want students to think outside of strict disciplinary boundaries. I want students to connect ideas together. I want students to realize that two ideas, people, and concepts that may seem unrelated are, with enough thinking and processing, actually informing and building on each other. This is the idea that drives the podcast. The rhizome is about expansion, variation, offshoots, and relationships. Consider what we are doing here a form of cartography, which is really about mapping. If we think of this podcast as a form of cartography, we can begin by recognizing that we are in uncharted terrain. We are in the middle. We do not know where we will go, what we will find, who or what we will meet. We must simply journey, following the rhizomatic pathways that emerge. Mapping the terrain and recognizing along the way how we are connected as readers and people, how ideas are connected, how books that might not normally come into conversation might open new terrains and possibilities for asking new questions, for becoming differently than we might otherwise have become. This is the idea driving the podcast. Here is how it will actually work. I've had the good fortune in my lived experience to meet many fascinating, spectacular, intriguing, thought-provoking people. Readers, thinkers, philosophers, scholars, artists, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, kinfolk. Everyday people reading, charting, and mapping their way through the world. I've invited ten of these people to begin this journey with me. Each person was asked to select one book they wished to read and discuss with me, with the following directive. Quote, this really could be any book. Perhaps it is a book you consider your favorite, or one that changed your life. Maybe your book is one that challenged you, or that you did not understand. It might even be a book that you hated, despised, or reviled. Perhaps it is a book you have always wanted to read, but have not made the time to read yet. No genre, topic, or book is out of bounds, so to speak. End quote. Each of these individuals has selected one text that we have co-read and will discuss together. I am purposely open to all books because I want to know what people read or want to read, and I want to value the expansive nature of reading. If we consider this podcast a cartography, we do not know what we will come across. We will be mapping so much terrain during this journey, open to all ideas and ways of thinking. This podcast is purposely antidisciplinary and purposely open, just like the rhizome. 
I am reading each of these books to discuss with these individuals, so in this way, the podcast will function like many other book podcasts. You will hear us talking about books. But here is where the podcast diverges a bit, rhizomatically, so to speak. Each of these guests will suggest to me another person from their experience in life that they consider to be a reader or an intriguing individual. I will then invite these people to the podcast, and they will select a book that we will read together. Rhizomatically, we will be building a community of readers across widely dispersed geographic space, ages, and lived experiences. I hope you will meet interesting people along this journey, people who will become part of your own relational people network. Occasionally, I will invite new guests from my network to join the conversation, starting new branches and offshoots of readers, people, books, and ideas. As the rhizome grows, I imagine that we will begin seeing connections between books and ideas, connections we might not have imagined or realized prior to the journey. Certainly, part of this journey for me is seeing what connections emerge between books and ideas. This is what I mean when I ponder how do books talk to each other and how they might be in relationship. I hope that over time we will begin to see these connections and relationships. Perhaps you will be inspired to do your own mapping of books and ideas, but we will also start doing this collectively. Over time, we will map a wide terrain of books and people, putting them into conversation across space and time. I will also harness the power of social media to build this community, specifically Instagram for now. You can follow the podcast on Instagram, at Reader. Each episode will feature an Instagram post, which will combine selections of text, themes, and insights from the book curated by the guest and myself. In this way, we will start to spread the rhizome through not only listeners, but those in digital social media spaces. In addition, I will occasionally post a hashtag Pete and Picks post, wherein I will highlight a book not featured on the podcast. This is a journey, a mapping, a process of becoming rhizomatically. I'm ready for the journey and hope you are as well. I want to end this pilot episode with some special shout-outs of people who have helped me in the journey up to this point. This is in no way an exhaustive list, but starting a podcast is a wild endeavor, and it would not be possible without these folks' help. First, Melissa Fadler, who helped with designing the logo for this podcast, accurately capturing my vision. Laura Pasquini, who is a prolific podcaster herself, listened for many years now about this idea and always said, you should just do it. My scholar brother, Rick Montalongo, who got inspired by the idea of the rhizome and now regularly sends me text messages saying, I made a rhizomatic connection. My reading family in Houston, specifically people like Alan, Christine, Aileen, Michael, Melissa, Barbara, Jason, Mark, Ron, Tori, Sue, and many others. And of course, the many organizations in Houston that are supporting such a vibrant literary, cultural, and artistic space. My best friend, Leandre Queen, whose grind helps me stay focused 
and who reminds me daily to be serious about the work, but laugh at my own absurdities. And Derek, who listened to this dream, told me I can do anything I want to do, achieve anything I want to achieve, and will have to live with this house full of books for years to come. I'm always open to your comments, suggestions, and insights. Feel free to email me, rhizoreader at gmail.com, or contact me through our Rhizomatic Reader social media account, at rhizoreader. Our theme music is composed by Leo Sokolovsky, copyright-free, and available on SoundCloud. My name is Peyton, and this has been the Rhizomatic Reader. I look forward to the future journey with each of you.